Blog Talk Radio. Well, we have a lot to talk about in a short time span here, but uh, your book just released, Through the Banks of the Red Cedar, My Father and the Team That Changed the Game. Of course, your dad is so fabulous. Dean Washington, number 84. I'm a big football fan, so yeah, I know all about this stuff. So congratulations on the book and the documentary as well. Thank you so much, and thank you for knowing about the original number 84. Yes, yes. <laughs> that means a lot. <laughs> and also, your dad is from a part of the country where I grew up. I grew up in Houston, so I'm very familiar with LaPorte, Texas, and Baytown, Bay City, all of that, that area there. Wow, I love it. Such a small world. Small world, it really is. Well, let's jump right into it. Okay, here we are in uh, Super Bowl season, preseason here. Uh, book and documentary is just perfect. Now, uh, tell us about the documentary. When will it be out, and how closely did it follow your book? So the documentary is coming to PBS in February. Um, I'm so excited because people all over the country can watch it on their local PBS station and it eventually will be available for streaming. And what's kind of interesting about the book and the film is the film actually came first. Uh, it started with my researching and interviewing my dad and his teammates and initially seeing this as uh, something that I really wanted to engage uh, younger audiences with to kind of create this intergenerational bridge between the past and the present to help young people today really understand that what happened 50 years ago is still relevant. My dad was a member of the first fully integrated team in America at Michigan State. And as a pioneer, um, he and his teammates really ultimately changed the face of the game forever. And so I got the opportunity to write this book as a companion piece and as an extension of the film where there were things in a 60-minute in a film uh, that you can't get every story and every amazing soundbite and every amazing thread that I wanted to go down uh, into that container. So this book really gives us more time to spend with the history. You learn a little bit more about my family and myself and my relationship with my father, but really significant details about uh, John Hanna, the president of Michigan State, as well as the civil rights movement that was unfolding around my dad and his team. What age were you when you realized that your dad was famous and, and what he did for a living and all of that and how America loves football? I, I really think I was um, probably grade school. Um, I think, you know, as a preschooler maybe, I remember, um, you know, someone coming up to us at a restaurant and asking for his autograph. And um, that being something I was removed from, my sisters were around in the 70s when my dad was still playing. And so that was part of their life and their experience and their identity um, as a football family. But it was so 
foreign to me because it all happened before I was uh, born. And so when I was little, I'd play Barbie dolls in his, his man cave den, and there'd be, you know, all kinds of accolades and awards and trophies and memorabilia on the walls, and it meant nothing to me. It just was the coolest place in the house to, you know, carve a little corner for myself to play with my Barbie dolls. Um, and so I think it grew over time where I became more aware uh, of him, mostly as a Minnesota Viking, um, but through some of those pictures and images and medals, uh, learning about him as the track star at Michigan State University as well as uh, the Michigan State football player um, evolved over time. Tell us the significance of the title, uh, Through the Banks of the Red Cedar, and how you came to select the title for the book and the film. So in my Aquino household, the fight song for Michigan State, On the Banks of the Red Cedar, was just like a song <laughs> I heard my whole life and really associated with Michigan State University. And when I started to learn about my dad's history that was really sparked by the death of, of Bubba Smith in 2011 and not being able to thank Bubba for recommending my dad for that opportunity to uh, be recruited to Michigan State, I thought about the ways that this history uh, came from those events on the banks of the Red Cedar, the things that happened at Michigan State. And so it's through the banks of the Red Cedar that uh, this opportunity changed my dad's life, my family's life, but I also think changed the lives of so many people uh, and generations that followed because of the groundbreaking experiment of Duffy Doherty. Okay, okay. Well, I understand. Well, I'll go back to that question if I have some time here. So when you first approached your, your family and let them know about you were going to do this book, was there any hesitation or what was that like? You know, I think they, it definitely when I started the film, there was a lot of hesitation. My parents, um, even though they've been in the public eye my whole life, they're pretty conservative and quiet and private people. Um, and I consider myself the same, um, even as an actor. You know, I was always that um, actor who would just go out the stage door <laughs> and kind of slip away. Um, and so it took some uh, growing on them in terms of warming them up to the idea that, you know, I don't see this story so much about just me and, and my family, but really being about all families with similar stories in America, and that uh, we can be of service to others when we're courageous enough to share our own stories and our own experiences, but that they echo uh, the experiences of so many people. So it was really about shedding light on the history and the contributions that both my parents made um, that I think helped them <laughs> become more comfortable uh, with the idea of me taking on a film and a book. <laughs> this book is, is unfortunately, and I say our country, but the things that you discuss and reveal about your dad and, you know, just integration, segregation, all of that, unfortunately, is uh, still going strong here in America. Um, what would, do you, what would you recommend or do you recommend your book, especially to young college black athletes today? What do you think they could take away from reading your book and seeing the documentary? Well, I think, you know, what I'm hearing from college athletes who've seen it is it really gives them a sense of inspiration and mission and hope um, because
because especially at Michigan State right now, you have this unprecedented chapter um, in Michigan State history where you have both a black head football coach and a black athletic director. And um, at the backdrop of some really uh, important uh, historical events just unfolding in all of our lives um, in 2020 and 2021. And so what I'm hearing from them, but also from athletes around the country, is it gives them a sense of purpose to know that uh, what you're trying to accomplish as an athlete is built on the shoulders of someone else, that you have a legacy that you're carrying forward um, as you pursue your uh, academic goals as a student athlete, but also as you pursue your um, your specific goals in your sport. So I think you can take a lot from the resilience of those of the past to understand how hard people worked so that uh, people today could have opportunities. And in our, yeah, closing moments, I should say, in our closing moments here, what is your next project? So really, you know, this has been um, like an amazing labor of love it's that I've uh, worked on for years, but um, I directed a couple episodes of a History Channel uh, show coming out this spring called I Was There, um, so I'm very excited about that. It allowed me to delve into history. I don't want to give too much away, but um, viewers will get to go to important events in history, among them uh, the Selma March, so that is one of the episodes I worked on, um, as well as the Challenger disaster. So. Uh, those are upcoming um, film, TV projects that you'll be able to see later this spring. Uh, we're also working on some curriculum uh, to pair with the book and the film. And I really want a project that uh, allows me and my dad and my mom, you know, to, like, kick our feet up <laughs> and get out of the house and be at the end of the pandemic. So I, I'm really hoping to work on that project. And you know, maybe get to a beach somewhere. Oh, yeah, we all need that. And definitely, finally, uh, since we are in Super Bowl season, uh, come from a, a football family, you got any predictions on this year's Super Bowl? Well, I have one important prediction. Um, something tells me it will be in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. You are so good. <laughs> you are good. Okay. I think I'm going to borrow that one. <laughs> That's a good one. I just love That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> That's enough. But again, the book is Through the Banks of the Red Cedar by Maya. Here you are. Such a delight. Maya Washington. And, of course, the documentary by the same title. And so uh, we just need to check P our local PBS stations on the exact time and dates and such. But we know it's February for sure. Exactly, yes. Okay, well, thank you, Maya, for the book. I really did enjoy it, and I know the doc is going to be even more enjoyable and and insightful. And most of all, thank you for that really cool answer. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay, well, we'll, we hopefully will talk to you later in the year about your next next projects that are coming out next uh, this uh, summer. Sounds good. I would love that. Okay, take care then. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Oh, she's good. She is really good. I got to borrow that answer. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio. 
with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.